Welcome to Third World Gaming, the number seven show in the top five list of things that dogs may want to listen to. I'm Miko, the Iron Gamer, and with me is the Gamer Toad, Paolo. I'm found on roads. Not to be confused with Frogger, a very excellent game. Anyway, guys, uh, I I can clone myself into multiple versions. You think you killed me? No, you didn't. You may kill my clone. You may kill the. You may kill my afterimage organic clone thingies, but it will not harm me. Because the future is now, and the future is the topic. The future of gaming. What am I talking about, Paolo? A What he said. A R I R and V R. Probably not in that order. AR meaning augmented reality, VR meaning virtual reality, and IR meaning immersive reality. I think we've seen this actually through the years. Uh, AR actually has some really, uh, dated back really far back to about the 1994. I can expect VR, it to have dated back that long, but yeah. um, how? Well, we'll go into that a little later. Okay. VR, probably around the mid-90s, you saw this with the whole, whole virtual reality consoles oh, and things. The whole virtual, uh, virtual Not reality. Not like consoles, I mean, like it was the, the whole machine. The whole virtual reality concepts that was constantly popping up, up and making people say, wow, I feel like in future, I see the cars, they're all flying now. Yeah, except back then it was like a whole bunch of like a... Uh, lines and things, nothing really solid. Yeah. And immersive reality, which is something that's actually fairly new. Uh, not as new as people would like to think. I mean, people think IR was immersive reality gaming started like a few years ago when reality actually started around 2002. Yeah. A little earlier. Yes. Around that time, because I know for, <clears throat> for a fact that some friends of mine I know were talking about systems that really did sound like IR. And they were talking about these systems back in... I think it was around 2004. Yep. Anyway, these are things that actually we're looking at as possible <clears throat> features <throat> into gaming, simply because it's so different from what we're used to. I mean, we're not using standard controls. We're not using the standard inputs. And the same way, the output being given towards us is very different. It's not the simple you know, TV screen or computer screen. Uh, for the virtual reality, we're using you know, essentially a headset, a headset or an eyepiece. Virtual reality being, uh, immersive reality being something entirely different. Basic, and like, like, to, to give you a little bit of the skinny on, on IR, think of VR and then strap on, strap on hyper, hi, um, hyper context sensitive sensors. There's <coughs> that work like, you know, pieces of cloth that are wrapped around your arms and legs. Your arms and legs. Heck, even a bodysuit made out of that cloth. To make you, to you know, so if so, imagine so, like imagine if you get shot on one part, that said cloth would like start to contract in a sudden painful motion, and basically you're on a bit of a, some weird uh, walkie treadmill thing. All of that combined, and if it's a shooty, if it's a shooty aim, you've got uh, you've got like some gun peripheral thingy. Shooting game, another way we call shooter games, apparently. And yes, essentially immersive is gaming with science. <laughs> Lots of science. Fun, irresponsible science. Like sheep cloning science. Yeah. Well, how is this <laughs> as irresponsible sheep cloning? Really? Sheep? Why sheep? Pigs. Now, you know, clone bacon, that sounds awesome. Clone sheep? Meh. Yeah. Yeah. That's irresponsible things. <laughs> no, I won't say it's irresponsible. No, I won't say it's irresponsible. I'd say it's dumb, but not irresponsible. What you know? What would be irresponsible? 
put a clone sheep, put human brains inside them. Yep, won't taste as good either. Won't taste as good, and they'll probably start, and they're probably going to, and they won't taste as good either. They'll probably, I could, they'll probably, if I, if I work the political system pretty <clears throat> well, I could probably get in a whole new bunch of, of Republican voters. And Republican voters, liberal voters, different kind of voters. Anyway, step me away from politics and sheep. Let's go back to the whole concept of AR, IR, and VR. Let's now, start with AR. How about we start with AR, since that's, the, since that's the, the most elderly of the three. And it starts with a letter A. And kids, remember, it starts with A, B, another letter. <laughs> anyway, yeah, uh, augmented reality is, <coughs> well, it's... People kind of find it hard to explain what it might be. I mean, even when I talked to Paolo earlier about what augmented reality was, it's a little hard to really put down. But I guess the simplest way to put it is augmented reality is simply uh, putting a layer of the digital world on the reality around you. I mean, this can be done in multiple ways. Uh, the most simple way has always been getting aspects of reality and making it a key feature in the game. I mean, uh, the simple shooting games where you have the world around you and that becomes your backdrop. Those are sort of augmented reality games in a sense because they do interact with reality to, you know, a little bit. Yeah. But I think more common augmented reality games are things that are based off your position and you actually interact with the reality around you. Like uh, if there are key landmarks, that landmark would actually appear in your game and you'd have something to do with it. You could basically, you could manipulate it, change it up. Uh, mid player, maybe it might serve as a point of interest in your game. Similar to, let's say, I'd go to the Maktan Shrine okay. or the Laplap Monument. That would appear in the game and I would be able to interact with it. Since being a set landmark. Oh, okay. Uh, I might not interact uh, with anyone's normal house because it wouldn't be landmark enough for some developers to look into. Yeah. But major things, let's say, like even the mall like Ayala or SM, might be key places I might interact with. Yeah. Or even user-submitted content. So, basically... <clears throat> So basically, if you go to these places, you'll be able to see a, see a considerable range of information pop up. Uh, that's another way to put it. I mean, that's the most common thing with augmented reality. I think you guys might have already seen the Google Glasses and any other smart device which overlays information on reality. Fact, mo- fact <clears throat> though, most of these devices will do so via the camera. Yep, uh, you will need a camera to use these things most of, more often than not. Some games do not need a camera, though. Yeah. Uh, that's also another thing that people misconceive about AR is a camera is always needed. But it is don't. most likely needed for most things, but not all games require it. For uh, for most of the <clears throat> basic applica- for so for most of the basic applications, you could say a camera would be needed, but not for- all of them it's a requirement. I mean, yeah. Uh, as much as you'd like to think that you'd need a camera to interact with reality, uh, augmented reality also uses the fact that smart devices know where they are because of global positioning. Wait a minute. <clears throat> I do know... Wait a minute. That does actually remind me something because I do know there are actually some games that will, will actually give you different content depending on when you're, where you are. Yeah, those location-based gaming, which is similar to augmented reality, simply because actually, you are uh, uh, using reality to I actually know that stuff. I actually know for a fact that Sony is going to also <laughs> be releasing a game of that kind on the v- on the Vita. It's a free-to-play game that will actually that kind of works like some weird RPG chess Pokemon kind of deal, where you could that basically bases its uh player playable pieces playable pieces on like uh you know different uh 
figures and beings from different mythologies, pantheons, and, and myths. Basically, your pieces will be determined by your location, and you could get new ones by going to a new location. I guess that would be actually on the line with augmented reality. It's a really fine line, though, because that sounds more like an aspect to the game versus it being the oh, concept. Okay. Oh, okay. But uh, augmented reality well, we'll has just... its roots back in 1994, where it was actually used by the Japanese as for shipping things, actually. Uh, mm. The most common interaction you'll probably have with AR mm. is QR devices, QR codes. I mean, those really weird, like, uh, oh, things you can wait. scan with your phone. Wait. That would be, that would be AR because, you're, because by taking that external picture, you're able to get, you're able to gain, and you're able to translate that into readable, usable data. Yeah, that you interpret reality into something digital. So you're essentially overlaying that digital information on this reality. Audit. So barcode, <coughs> barcode, that simply, yeah. information. That's uh, simply another way of looking at augmented reality. But again, it's a little more complicated than that. Yes, because what we're dis- what you're describing is pretty. What you're describing now is pretty much the basic applications. Mm-hmm. And now if you look at uh, VR or virtual reality gaming, I mean, that one's pretty simple. I mean, that's simply wearing like those huge headsets, remember back in the 90s? Or in yeah. modern days, that would be the Oculus Rift. Yeah. That would be VR gaming simply because uh, you may have this uh, output device on your head, but your input into the game is still based on basic controllers, maybe some paraphernalia like gun things, mm. or maybe something that might actually have the ability that when you turn your head, you may look a certain direction, but it still requires the basic analog controls, such as a mouse, a keyboard, basic, basic basics <clears throat> for gaming. That would be the basic step, basically standard control, standard control methods, be it a controller or mouse and keyboard, <clears throat> or for for racing games or racing wheel. If you're into that, into those kinds of things. Yep, basically virtual reality just tries to throw you into the game a bit more. But you still are very aware that there is a line between the game itself and your reality. Sure, you may be hearing things specific or seeing things, yeah. but you're not truly in the game yet. Yes. <clears throat> you're basically be- because of the fact that your control <clears throat> method isn't being completely governed by the by um, the system by the system itself solely solely and that the main way to control is via certain external analog means that are not exactly completely in line. For example, for example, um, um, in a lot of virtual reality cases, you would be walking either by using the, the WASD keys or an analog stick, and you'd probably be doing, action, doing actions with your various action buttons. On the, as opposed to, say... <coughs> As opposed to say walking by actually walking or doing actions by doing actual actions, which then brings us to IR. Yep, immersive reality. Now, immersive reality gaming is different from VR simply as to what Paolo said that they're a lot more paraphernalia engaged, mm-hmm. and you are actually using your entire body in a far different way to how games are done. I mean, I you mean, don't have a controller, you don't really have a keyboard. You, if you want to run around, you are. Running around. running around. If you want to crouch, you are ducking down. If you want to use your weapon or whatever thing you may have, you'll probably have paraphernalia set simply because of that. Yes. And, and, if, you, and if something <clears throat> happens to you in that reality, in that reality, the system will... will a, lot, a lot of systems will react. Give you immediate feedback. Um, 
I remember a friend of mine describing such a system to me. My best friend of mine, I forgot if it, I forgot if it was either Lou, either Louis or Joseph. One of one of them. I forgot whether it's the one who stayed in Australia for a while or the one who lived in the U.S. for for a good chunk of his life. But I, I recall he mentioned recounted to me a system which was pretty much an IR system. It was kind of like a. I can't tell whether or not they were. I think they were fibbing. They were fibbing on me about this, but but um, I don't know. It does sound kind of legit, especially if I consider the timeline. Basically. When he described the system to me, it sounded like uh, one of those hard to find and one in one like one out of only a thousand kinds of systems. Like it was used for like uh, shooters, for shooters, and that if a body and by basically you were wearing a suit, mm-hmm. a suit, <clears throat> if you were shot <clears throat> in a certain area. The suit would contract suddenly, in such a way that would be causing pain to you. Yep, I will tell you right now, Paolo. They were not fitting. That is an actual game profundity. I've seen it, and I have actually tried using that before. Uh, you could actually use that specifically for shooting games. It gave, some gave contraction, some gave you electric shocks, and some were limited to just being shirts. Some I've seen were full suits. Some I knew included headgear. The one I tried was just actually a shirt. It kind of worked well but it had lots of issues okay. for one if you were shot like uh in the front it would always kind of shock you in the same place regardless of where the bullet in game may have hit you oh so but that was really back in like the early 2000s where they were still developing it further uh it was a very insane concept and yeah it was something insane for fps players because it started making you think twice about what you're doing yeah and yeah that was a bit of immersive <laughs> gaming and another bit of like popular immersive gaming is something you see a lot in arcades which would be racing games with actual feedback where the entire arcade box would actually either move or you'd have feedback in the form of the steering wheel actually fighting you back when you make the wrong move mm, okay these are also in line with immersive gaming immersive gaming should not be confused with things like the xbox i yeah like the connect the connect or uh, the or the um, itoy yep those things are not immersive i mean if you're already immersive as it captures your movement and tries to reflect in the game, that's not immersive. That's simply a gaming that's, paraphernalia. That's just that's motion gaming. That's not immersive gaming. That is just motion gaming. Yep, it's very different. I mean, I don't even consider it gaming. I consider it just a control for a game. I mean, uh, even as much as the Wii says it's no different from motion gaming, no, I'm sorry. It's basically you're given an option of using this control. You don't have to use it that way. Some at the very, at the, it, but, at uh, the very least, at the very least, yeah, <clears throat> at the very least, the at the very least, the we gave us something, it gave us something fit, physical to hold on to, so that at the very least, despite the fact that we had to use our motions, you at least had a point of reference. Essentially, it was a power glove that worked. Yes, that's pretty much the we. Yep. If you don't know what the power glove is, check it out. It is so bad. Points to ever gets that reference. It's so bad. Hey, I think you know that reference, right? Oh yeah, it's so bad. <laughs> I want to get one of them pirate gloves. Oh, look awesome with it, and not actually use it for its uh, intended purpose. I just want to look cool with it. 
Yeah, actually, I'll give that. It actually looked cool. Like, I kind of wanted to make main for it looked, but it looked like a really awful thing to use. Oh, yeah. But yeah, essentially, these are the possible future of gaming simply because augmented reality really became extremely popular back in 2011 because yeah. of a software called Layers, which was an independent software that allowed lots of people to make their own augmented reality softwares, which were generally not gaming-related per se. But they allowed people to really enter the whole coding of it. And then that, and then usually, and then this ended up spilling over to gaming. Oh yeah. Uh, even though AR existed in the gaming world for quite a long while, it existed longer in the military and in shipping things and basic medicine. But for gaming, it was still kind of getting there because no one really understood how to program it. But yes. because of players, it suddenly opened the floodgates and allowed people to actually <laughs> easily enter the programming world of AR. Now, virtual reality gaming, honestly, it's something that's been around since the 90s. Heck, I'm pretty sure there was some concept back in the 80s. Yeah. But it's been going in and the, out of the fashion 80, for years. The 80s was a concept. The 90s was the introduction of the concept, where after the introduction, it quickly fell out of favor. And now it's, and now it's being reintroduced in a way that I feel could actually work this time. It might, I mean, or it might go the way of 3D gaming right now, which is something it might just be another fad. Well, yeah. Up and down. Well, true. 3D gaming never really took off. I mean, lots of concept 3D gaming, same with 3D movies. It goes up, it goes down in terms of popularity. But VR gaming now might have its new life simply because of the Oculus Rift and how it's set up. The way I see it, though, it, the VR gaming will command a niche. It will. It basically. But it always has. But uh, no, as in a more sizable niche. But it's but it's definitely. I don't know how. The way I see it, there's a problem. There's one problem, I foresee with regards to its uh, mainstream application, which would be what price. Well, that's really true. I mean, the biggest issue with virtual gaming. I mean, I'm not even going to talk about the virtual boy here too much, but it's generally expensive. I mean, the way, back in the 90s, they the, were full arcade boxes. The way I see it, expensive. the way I see it, as best as possible, even with the best efforts of the guys behind Oculus Rift, the CEO did come out today after making the after the after they made an announcement that the Oculus Rift dev kit would be three hundred fifty dollars. The CEO did also combine that announcement with another statement. He did mention that they were trying their best to bring down the price further but the way i see it even if you did bring even if they did manage to bring down the price i still see it costing pretty much about the same price as a console which i mean won't be too much of a problem for some people but the hard part here is with virtual reality gaming uh the virtual boy saw this <laughs> problem which is it's hard to make virtual reality games and if it ends up the game being a port of different games it may not stand on its own simply because it will be, hey, I can play this game except in this style. And You're... especially the trend we talked about in the, last one, in the last few episodes where lots of people don't like going that way where they have to make invest so much money into making a difficult port yes. versus making a simple port. Yes. And um, basically, <clears throat> basically the, a point to be made here is the fact that the is that right now VR gaming VR gaming solutions are pretty much just well alternative screens kind of like what happened um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with this anime there was this anime called Dot Hack 
Oh yeah, I know that one. The hack was fun. Yeah. <laughs> Even the game. The game was also fun. Yes, the games were fun. Um, the the, the dot the, sign or something. There was dot sign. There was dot sign, and then there was dot something else. Um, dot right. Right now, the current applications of uh, VR gaming, with within the next three years, I, I could see, within the near future, I could see more, see something along the lines of dot hack. Hmm. But but again, that would pretty much still be the equivalent of using it as an extra screen. Yep. Just as you well, know. In the end, virtual reality essentially really is a different output versus what immersive reality will be. It's a different output that you have a more in-the-game feel. I mean, when I saw Oculus Rift, especially with horror games, it became really interesting. Oh, the yes, same way definitely. I saw the concept of using games like Minecraft. It was also really amusing. But of course, it was simply an output that was different from the standard game. It gave you a more in-game feel, but did not change the game experience too drastically, which I think would make it easier to port games into. With some level of difficulty, I think, with the <laughs> presentation of the screens. Yes. But uh, cost-wise, it won't be so bad. But I just really do fear the whole game production for it. But that's, of course, you know, the least of its worries when it comes to IR. Yeah. With immersive reality, they are amazing things. I mean, uh, uh, they can go actually as far as, like, uh, paraphernalia. Yeah. I've seen racing games where you can actually just buy an entire racing setup and it'll actually move with the game. I've seen those setups, and they were either custom done, and some were actually available to the market. Uh, those are essentially in line with immersive gaming, simply because you're throwing yourself more into the game. But you don't really need to make game-specific things for these systems. Okay. However, <laughs> they are ridiculously expensive. And I don't think I don't think you're you're ever really going to bring them down to the cost of a console. Oh no, the average gamer will probably never be able to fade in no in uh, fact I this uh, immersive system. In fact even correct um correct me if this statement is wrong, but most IR systems would actually rival or even exceed the price the price of um top of the line gaming PCs. Oh far more. I mean I've seen some immersive reality systems that would easily cost you about what? Ten to fifteen thousand dollars. They are ridiculously expensive of, setups. Coming off of your, coming off of that super-powered PC trash can of a Mac that you described to me. Wow, just yes. wow. Yes, I am planning to get the new Apple trash can. The, awesome. So you know the Apple trash can that ha- happens also double as a nuclear fusion reactor. Back to the future. But yeah, uh, those things are ridiculously expensive. The amount of investment for a gamer to get into is absurd. That's why lots Especially, of... Especially, look, I've seen gamers complain a lot about about your about their console costing $500. Now throw another zero in there, you're probably not get much of a market. No, no, no another zero is $5,000. And, and there's still a size of... There's still a considerable market for that. In ter- because of the fa- because of the fact that a lot of high-end PC builds tend to cannot can reach five. On the other hand, put not one extra zero, two extra zeros, and to that five hundred, and you're looking at something that you're looking at something that Richie Rich would be able to buy. If I do hope someone actually got that. 
<laughs> but yeah, when it comes to immersive gaming, it is a heavy investment. It really is. And that's the reason why that most people who have ever used immersive gaming setups has been generally the military, uh, some medical facilities, and, well, some really, really rich gamers. Actually, even uh, F1 uses immersive gaming technology to train their drivers. Oh, okay. It's a lot cheaper than, you know, crashing an F1. It's a lot cheaper than crashing an F1 and having to deal with, having to deal with the fallout, having to deal with the fallout of, one of, of someone snapping his neck. Yeah, because of a really bad accident. Yep. Uh, but that's why you haven't really seen much of it. But also the reason why it's actually been around for a long while. Uh, I think actually one popular video that went viral with immersive gaming of recent times, well, not too recent anymore, was the... when Which gaming show was it that they actually got... Uh, I think it was Andy McNam, a uh, former SAS guy, actually play a game of either Call of Duty or Battlefield on an immersive system. Wait, Call of Duty or Battlefield? But... I don't know the shooter. I wasn't too familiar to recall which shooter it was. But it was an interesting was it a sh- Okay, um, first off, was it a shooter where you could look down the sights? Oh, yeah. That's, he- that sounds re- that sounds recent because because I know for a fact that some of the earliest games where you could look down the sights on were... Well, well, okay, fine. Call of Duty, you could look down the sights. You could, you could look down the sights for a pretty long time. It... The time that lo- that uh, looking down the sides got popular was about sometime after around two thousand eight forward. Yeah, when Jesse when you know, became more realistic, as people would say, which, which I, um, which I, which I would, which I would strongly disagree on because oh sure you can look down your sights. What about every? What about the physics? What about what about the physics? Representation of the guns? Representation of military? There, yeah, all all this giant list of questions that. I don't really have right now, but if I like unfurled it, it would like be so long. There'll be re- that literally. If I let that thing roll and I laced it with acid, it would melt through the house and end up end up like um going the length of the house three times over. That is a lot of questions, but yeah. Uh, but when that laced one came out there, it was really interesting because actually it was amusing how they actually did the feedback for the person to feel the injuries was they actually had about, I think, 20 to 25 paintball guns set up around the area. And they used a 360 screen. Okay. But that was the reason why that was a Dixie expensive set. It had a 360 screen. It had multiple paintball guns. It had the track. It had the gun. It had a lot of things going on with it. It was expensive. But it really was insane. It was a really insane concept of what gaming could be like. But to use that... Infra, uh, immersive system, you'd easily be spending over $15,000 and, and you'd probably need to build your own room just to house the whole system. So not only are you so not only are you going to end up paying a buttload of money, but you're also going to need a buttload, buttload of house space. Yep. You thought the connect was bad? Oh no, this will eat up more space. Oh, the con- oh okay. Oh, the connect takes, takes up needs to take up half of your living room. Oh, okay. This system, you're going to sacrifice. You're going to need to sacrifice two living rooms. I only have one. Better make another one. Or, you know, or I'm... Why do I suddenly get this feeling that there's a system like that 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 actually requires the the, uh, the room space needed for a house? Probably. 
Well, the two parts are also smaller immersive reality systems. I mean, yes. like simple. I've seen some that have actually been the size of about a, a tread- treadmill. Yeah, a treadmill. Then I've also seen some that are a little smaller by simply replicating cars that come in the racing games. Yeah. But the problem again with immersive reality is one heavy investment. Heavy investment and room because let's face it, not every. Even if you brought, bring it down to the size of a treadmill, well, where are you gonna put it? Yep. And the other part is also similar. It's, it has a really bad gaming handicap. Immersive games, not all games can be immersive simply because of how you have to do things in them. Couldn't um, if you try to port a lot of the games you're currently playing and try to make them immersive reality. <clears throat> well, you're looking at. Probably some, probably some of the worst port jobs, and that you are probably looking at what would potentially become some of the worst port jobs in history, because that would require a lot of rewriting of code. Much as that, you can't just rewrite code. You have to somehow make this fun for someone who's going to be exerting actual physical effort in this. Wait, can not, you imagine? You're not, no, actually, you're not rewriting code. You're building code from the ground up at that point. Can you like, imagine playing Assassin's Creed on immersive reality? Oh gosh, I can only imagine how painful it would be the moment you decide to do the um, leap of faith. The leap of faith into the haystack. Oh, you think that was safe? You think you're gonna live? Sure, you're, you, in reality, you will live, but you are going to feel really horrible. <laughs> I think the, the was wasn't there an episode that in Game Theory or something where about would you ask to survive the leap of faith? No, I'm, no, I'm just, I'm just trying to mess with people. <laughs> Do not jump off buildings, kids. It is very, very bad. Hay sales will, hay, those haystacks will not save you. Also, where are you if you find haystacks? Then, secondly, if, secondly, even for those, even for those people who, who make a messed up logic, a messed up logical existential reason for why, why they should jump off a building. No. Do not jump off a building. You are not looking cool. You will not solve your problems. You're not solving anything other than how to make a human pancake. Yep. And then going back to the whole con, uh, going back to the whole IR thing. IR gaming, though as expensive and limit limited as it looks, actually is also another possible future. Maybe not for the individual, but for possible arcades. Yes. Immersive reality arcades are an actual possibility because. This would actually bring in a lot of people as compared to standard arcades. If I am correct, I think my friend actually accessed that system via an arcade-like setup, where, like, an arcade-like setup, or at least he knew a friend who could give him access to that setup. So, and actually the novelty of the setup alone could make it that, sure, you may not have the largest game library in history, but your small library of games can help you make a system where, sure, you may have you may have expended quite a bit of money to and you know house space to set up the system, but you're also making a bit of an income out of it because you're like you're do you're doling out of like but say an example like um, thirty dollars an hour to use to use the to use the next generation in immersive reality games. Not just that. I mean, the whole like game, lack of gaming library might not affect it simply because arcades were never known for you know having the, the great widest, art, like, widest widest range of games. So, yeah. it, they just had the games that you know, mattered most. Yeah. I mean, you can even see in internet cafes, which generally, what, especially here in the Philippines where 
It's Dota. Dota. Counter Strike. Starcraft. Starcraft and Warcraft. Since if you have those four, you're generally fine. Yes. You can kind of survive with that. And if you uh, and if you and if you and if you want to go up, if you want to go up a tier. Uh, if you want to go up a tier, just just be sure to add Ragnarok Online. Oh, yeah, Ragnarok Online, WoW also. Uh, I think people still play Flight, right? Yes. Wow, really? That's sad. Anyway, <laughs> uh, these are really are possible games for the future. Uh, especially with AR being something that can be done on all smart devices, I, uh, VR being pretty popular with Oculus Rift, and IR as a good possibility for future businesses. But of course, I doubt these things are all really going to pop up as major things. They all have their matches and they all have their disadvantages. Actually, I think about it this way. I think about it this way. They will pop up as major things when they first come up, but down the line, they're not going to. They're not going to be the norm. Mm-hmm. It's highly unlikely that these kinds of things are going to end up becoming the norm, but these will have sizable audiences and cons. No, um, actually, you know what? The word shouldn't be just sizable. Sizable, consistent audiences. Oh, yeah. I mean, like or not, the whole old-school controller, it's probably here to stay. The old-school con- old setup of a, of, a sta- of, a con- of, an old, of a controller, of a control, of a control input put in either via, via keys and a mouse or controller... That and with, um, hooked up to a screen or a TV, that's probably going to stay for a lot of reasons. A lot of, for a lot of, re- yeah, for a lot of reasons, one of which would be, well, as I mentioned, price. But another issue would be just, then would just be the nature, of, the nature of how houses are set up. Oh, yeah. The uh, thing is, like, when you're looking at it, People like to think AR gaming would be the key gaming thing, open reality, simply because compared to AR, IR, and VR, AR is the cheapest investment. Not because uh, smart devices are cheap, but simply because you will most likely have a smart device regardless or not if you're going to play AR games. Because because right now it's just ubiquitous to... It's just uh, an ubiquitous thing to human life. Yep. You will have a smart device. You might have an Android. You might have um, you know, the o- the iOS setup. Uh, both can be used for a- for the heck, AR you might, gaming. Heck, you so, might be, heck, you might be even one of the growing number of people with a Windows phone, or maybe the Google Glasses. If you did actually have to get one. Now these devices, yeah, you'll get them. You'll own them. You're not going to pay an extra set of money to start playing games. Besides, me buying the software, which honestly is not the most expensive part. Versus virtual reality and, and immersive reality, where you're making an investment to get something that's not probably going to be used for anything. Uh, well, I'd like to say practical or really usable in your work or anything else in your life besides the sheer package entertainment. I mean, some would say immersive reality has some exercise purpose, but honestly, I can find exercise things far cheaper. Yes. The virtual reality, I could see how it could be used for some work, but really, you're just trying to make up an excuse for you know a toy. Yeah, a smart device. It's primarily a toy. It's a practical thing that we use everyday life. And if it happens to also play games, hey, great. Yeah. So it'd have the cheapest thing. I mean, uh, we'll talk about this from AR, VR, and IR, the different pros and cons, just so you know. Uh, that's the biggest pro of the AR is you don't really have a real investment to it. Because you probably already have the device. And 
you're more likely uh, as compared to all the other two to find lots of people well, who uh, probably will play with Bobby. Well, well, actually, no, I'll, I'll rephrase that. It's not because you're most likely going to have the device. It's not most likely because you're going to have the device, but it's because you probably will be in the proximity of the device. I still know, funnily enough, I still know for a fact that, um, still know for a fact that not, because again, the following statement I'm going to make is, well, pretty much true. Not everyone has a smartphone or a tablet. Yet. Not not everyone has a smartphone or a tablet. However, pe- however these said people probably have probably have access to to friends or families smartphones or tablets and those probably have no access this the whole gaming thing at this point is probably least their concerns and they probably found a different way of having fun which when we did before we were kids yes and if you if you ask so this is a non-issue to them yeah if, and if you ask me more well, if you ask me if you had to ask me about um smartphones i'd be buying them for mobile for mobile web surfing in web surfing and video playback more than I would be to play Flappy Bird. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, the fact that you have it shows, gives you the ability to play it. I mean, it was another advantage of playing AR games or developing AR games is you are more likely to find people playing it. Or at least who could potentially, could potentially play it versus VR and more IR unless there's an arcade. But of course, the biggest issue with augmented reality games... Uh, one is the fact that it's generally very bandwidth heavy. And even if it's not bandwidth heavy, it's still very dependent on G- on 3G or 4G, depending where you're from, or maybe the LTE that we have here, which kind of sucks, uh, or also your global positioning system, because it has so to, very for, it to work, for it to work in reality, it for, has a, some sort of basis to what's going on. So basically, it has to be able to uh, update its position in real time, which may... Require in which may require some form of internet. Yep. Because he, because here's the thing: there are forms of I of AR that can actually run without the internet. But, though the thing is, these are also the most basic applications of AR. Like, um, um, did I talk about face readers earlier? Uh, no. We. Oh yeah, we. He showed this thing called face readers. Kind of amusing. Face readers is a game. Is a game where you pretty much. Well, basically, you take up the picture of of a person. That person's face turns into some weird enemy thing. You shoot, and then <clears throat> the background of the place you're in becomes the background of the game. You move the you move the the 3ds. It moves the it moves the sight yes, and the cursor. This is a 3ds game. The sight and the cursor, mm-hmm. and you shoot yellow balls at them to make them like poof away and stuff like that that did not need internet but that is also a very basic application the reason why internet's needed is then because lots of these things work on cloud systems mainly because that is a lot of information you're keeping it keeping on it unless you're maybe region locked games where you cannot play outside a certain area which means that might limit the information you need Dagnabit Dagnabit how many Dagnabit people there are some. There are people out there that still use the oldest form of DRM. Yeah, simply because it just—it's a huge amount of data you might have to keep on your phone. Oh, okay, fine. I can understand it with it with phone. I'm just surprised. It's just that what? It's just that I hear region lock and oh my gosh, it's you know what that? Yeah, that's probably going to be a topic for another for another time. That's probably going to be a topic for another time. 
And another issue with augmented reality gaming is at this time there's really not major, no real player in it yet, and no major developer. Uh, it may have been around since 1994, but real development only started in 2011. <laughs> Unlike virtual reality gaming or even immersive reality, which had earlier developments for gaming. And the way I see it, most people, and the way I see it, most of the applications of AR gaming tend to be to use aspects or to use AR to use AR as a means of um, as a feature in your game as opposed to being the central the central core aspect such system. Well, actually, there are lots of uses as a core aspect, but the problem is those my play those games. It's for me, it's very reminiscent of my gaming back in the eighties and back in the ni- early nineties, simply because it was heavy text based that simply use your position and the possible position of things around you. Oh, okay. user generated or generated from another system. I actually have this thing called Z-Day, uh, Z-Day Simulator uh, or Z-Day something. Uh, it's a zombie sort of game. It's amusing. Essentially, it uses data gathered from Google Places to create the areas around you where you could probably scavenge for goods. Now, it gives you very basic things. It does not know exactly what you where you are in. I mean, I had a... Uh, a punko, I'll say punko punko. Punko punko is kind of like this street side stall that's set up by like uh, these random people, and you sit on these small chairs. Yeah, and you eat uh, stuff on them. It's amusing how punko punko actually appeared as a possible place for me to raid supplies. Now, punko punko is simply just chairs and a table. Yeah. But when I clicked it on my game, it describes it. The picture is like a full restaurant. It describes like broken glass, and it's like. <laughs> no, that is not Punko Punko. But it may essentially still got that these are real world locations you are interacting with. And if you want to scavenge more, you physically have to move to a different place to find more things. Mm-hmm. So that's an interesting way to use AR. But of course, uh, that does need positioning and internet simply to get the information because you could not really get all the data on your phone because that's heavy. <laughs> True. Now, that's the advantage and disadvantage of it. Simply as cheap as it is to get into as many players as there may be because there were a lot especially this other game I played which is not available anymore uh, it had it's like a wizard game for what it was it had a lot of players in it it also used real world areas but it just did not have enough support because for one it was a pretty simple I'm starting game. to get an idea here's the thing because when I made that when I made that comment earlier I'm starting to get that, the idea that most of the big most of the big players in the games market now, when they look at AR, they look at something that could be used as a feature for their games, more so than as a central concept. Oh yeah, that's very true. Uh, specifically because to make that a full game, you are investing a lot into developing a system. I mean, that's an entirely new area to go into. Yes. Uh, if you do go into it and actually make it really good though, it has a really good chance of really cornering the market and mark- making your name there. And the fact that, you know, everyone will have a smart device at that point <coughs> makes it easier to re- or to make more cash. Well, if not everyone, at least a, at least a, a whole buttload of people. Oh, yeah. But again, I mean, that's the limit of AR, which is there's really no major developer. And as nice as the games can be, I mean, there are a couple of nice games out there. It's really not enough to really become this, you know, game-changing game. Parada- <laughs> so basically some... A paradigm-changing kind of game. Yep. Uh, even and especially at this point, people still don't understand what AR is in its full. Now, virtual reality gaming—that has a potential of actually becoming really the next new in-gaming thing, simply because 
able to actually have a good library of support. Yes. Uh, sadly, most of it will probably be ported games versus games really meant for it. That, but that's not so bad. That's not so bad, but that also, but that, but essentially, that means in the that means that going into the future, yes, v, VR could VR will probably be a part of it, but it will not replace TV. I won't. Simply because I think with the cost-wise, because unlike the AR, you are investing into a system. Yes. And most this VR si- would, and by the sounds of it, most VR systems, most VR systems will likely cost the same as a console, which 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 from the onset doesn't sound so bad, unless said systems don't cut don't unless said systems can't run games on that on their own. Oh uh, yeah, that's gonna be a difficult thing. But I don't know if the Oculus Rift can actually run things on their own, or it probably needs going to need a uh, need PC a... running with it. Because I don't like think it's simply an output. <coughs> I'm pretty sure it has its own. Like, I recall it. it does have it. It does have its own software. But I need to read further because I do know for a fact that people are looking at developing games for it. Now, as for where those games are stored. Restored, I am not sure because a lot of the VR concepts are more like um. <coughs> okay, here here's the way I put it. In right now, a lot of the VR concepts are interesting, but I'm but in but in this one aspect alone, gaming mice are more are way more advanced. Yeah. No, there's this one aspect. Where gaming mice are more, way more advanced than um, VR, and that's the fact that gaming that a number of gaming mice have onboard memory, yep. which is what's which is the concern with a lot of these VR systems. Now, I haven't read particularly too much on the Rift, but from what I can tell, it pro- there probably is onboard memory, so it could carry certain soft cer- certain softwares or there or stuff like that. But besides that, a lot of the other VR stuff I know requires you to use stuff drawn from your computer. Yeah. So it's still going to be a fairly heavy <laughs> investment, but not too bad. But as compared to your standard console, it might be a bit more, if not the same. And with virtual reality gaming, you might still have a limit on library. Especially because as much fun as ports to certain consoles may be, it's still a port. It's still not its own, you know, unique game. With some, with PlayStation games, and PlayStation consoles, and Nintendo consoles, and even Xbox consoles, can some of those that they have titles specific to their Systems. system. The VR system might not have that simply because you're again like the AR. You have to reprogram a lot of things, and we've seen with lots of developers, mm-hmm. they don't want to invest too much R and D into this. A simple port. It'll work. I mean, I would love to play uh, lots of horror games, uh, first-person horror games on the on the Oculus Rift. Outlast would, would be amazing. Oh, Outlast yeah. would be really interesting. I mean, heck, I'd love to play Minecraft on it just because it'd be amusing. But that's again, I mean, one of the big pros about it is it's more. It's pretty. It's decently affordable. Decently it's affordable. Very, it's, it's more accessible. It's more familiar to the player. I mean, that's pretty important. Familiarity really kind of helps, especially if you're going to a new system. Unless you're, it's your first system, then it doesn't bother you. But for most of us, it'll never really be our first, assist, first system, except for me, our kids or things. Yeah. 
And but the biggest disadvantage is well, a cap game library. The fact that uh, it's still not going to be you know the most common thing around, even as it gets cheaper. A standard console will still probably always be cheaper than it. And then there's also the there's still there's also the current um, shaky proposition as to the amount of games made specifically with the thing in mind. Mm-hmm. But at least unlike uh, IR gaming, it is reachable by the individual. <laughs> yes. Which again now brings us to immersive reality gaming. Honestly, this will really be something that the individual never afford or never choose to buy simply because even if we made it as cheap as possible... It would be impractical to set up. Yeah, in fact, because of space, in fact, because of power usage. And if this thing got cheaper, you can easily assume that consoles and computers probably got equally as cheap. Or much, or even much, or even much, or even much cheaper. It'll always be in the upper side of the price range, and you know, like the CDI and the Panasonic stuff and all the other things, it'll die a natural death. For yeah. if it's being sold to individuals, if it's being, if it's, if the attempt would be to sell it on the mass market, it will likely die a natural death. But if it's not geared for the mass market, it will succeed. And this brings us to the point that we brought up earlier to arcades. Now, immersive reality arcades is a very big possibility, an expensive possibility, honestly. I mean, but, uh, but also a possibility that could end up being highly profitable, seeing as um, 4D movies are actually turn a good buck for um, theme parks. Oh yeah, especially I'd like to think that places like maybe Korea, Japan, in the United States, or parts of Europe. This would be a really interesting atmosphere for the new, for the young gamer and even the old gamer. It's very different from the arcades where, of course, I mean, arcades are still around. We still go to them. They're still fun. But when you have a 4D experience where you're interacting at a whole different level, it becomes a more intimate game, I'd like to think. More intimate, more personal. And, it, and it's the kind of gaming that really gets to your head. Especially when you... Especially, Especially if your gaming involves combat, because then you're actually going to feel pain. I mean, the pain, the feeling pain is not really the key point here. I think more the feedback will actually be interesting. I mean, well, uh, okay, not just not just feel pain, but you're also going to actually feel things. Yeah, I mean that makes a difference in places That's, besides your hands. And I think that adds the extra uh, realism, obviously, while ensuring them safety. I mean, uh, one thing what makes laser tag until this day pretty popular is the fact that you engage in a shooting game without really injuring yourself other than you know, tiring yourself out or falling over. Hmm. Now, if you have immersive gaming, you kind of enter the same thing where you're entering this thing without feeling actual pain. I mean, immersive fighting games, which is a possibility, is also really interesting where you're engaging in combat, feeling feedback, which may not actually hurt you, but you have a different level of gaming, especially maybe if you are a martial artist, it might be an amusing game to enter. The same way that uh, schools like Top Gun, which has already closed down, I think, uh, they use immersive reality to make to give their pilots a bit, a uh, lot more training versus you no know, possibly crashing a multi-million-dollar plane. Uh, F1 uses train their drivers. The United States military has used this for numerous years to train their soldiers. Uh, obviously, again, it's not individual purchase. But for these things, which are specialty stuff, you can expect it to be done in an arcade setup. Will it be an expensive arcade? 
Yes, it will probably will win. You're probably going to be spending a lot of money per hour per game to use it. The way I, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at it, and the way I look at it, you're probably paying what the equivalent amount of the lowest I could ever see it being is ten. Ten, and that's ten USD, and that's very gen, and that's my very generous estimate because. It's more likely it's more likely that the minimum amount would hover around twenty thirty. Yeah, the reason for this is because again, you're probably using a lot more electricity. You don't have as much space to run it, and, if, and the and, turnover rate and the maintenance. Yeah, you're not exactly in for a cheap. Oh, with regards to repairs, if anything gets damaged, I don't think those repairs are going to be cheap. They probably won't be, and they probably or they won't be long. Uh, yes, they're probably going to also be long because they're because you're looking at very specific people who could support you. Some of who, some of which are people who probably can't get to you in the same week or month. How are these points going to immediately kill it before it starts up? No, I mean one interesting thing about it being expensive, and uh, at least from the business point of view, is if you do make one, you will probably not have competition anytime soon. It's highly unlikely you're going to see too much competition in this market, mostly because, mostly because a, n- a number of the companies that would actually look at it, admittedly, a lot a number of companies have looked at it, and they probably bowed out because they don't see how they can profit from it, or at least profit fast enough. Yeah, be, be, basically, they can't really justify getting into the market. But the fact stands is that. You could build a market on this, and if you build a market on this, you will be you will be in a market with little to no competition. Because I mean, as I mentioned, uh, the ones who use are not individuals. There are some individuals who do own them, but it's primarily you know major groups like the government or edu- or education groups or the small, now these things or the or the small club the small club of of richy rich rich kids. Yep, and these guys, I mean, when they play, they're not making money. They know they're losing money by having this, <coughs> or they may be saving money in a whole different way. But they're not going to be profiting out of it. Uh, <laughs> if our kid could profit out of this, it would be fantastic. But you know it's again going for a niche market. But again, I'd like to imagine that people, if this was to open in Cebu or Manila, you would have a good influx of people. They would probably be tried once and never again. But you're sure that people will try it, talk about it, and you will probably at some point be at a stable market. Because let because the concept is novel enough to last. It's a kind of novelty that can actually support that can actually support it. That can support the concept going forward for a pretty long time. Mm-hmm. But there's also another place though where immersive reality also becomes a bit of a problem to these another risk that people actually look into in making a business. Immersive reality uh, puts gamers in a very unusual position. Because one key thing that uh, makes games really interesting is generally everyone's equal. True. When you enter immersive reality, that's not the case. Because then you're Because not, physical, you're already, physical attributes have way heavily into it. You're now already at, yeah, you're already looking at physical attributes. You're looking at um, body mass, muscle mass, um, speed and agi- actual speed and agility, and whether or not you may you actually might be handicapped. Yes. Uh, the nice thing about like the basic games is you can be the biggest jock 
but you can lose a fighting game. Same way you can be a really big nerd and lose trivia games, simply because it's an equalizer. These games, you're not given any major advantage but beyond what your innate skills might be with your hands and mind. But when you're looking at the games of immersive reality where your body takes heavy play into this, if you are overweight and you have problems with endurance and things, you might not last too long in the usual gaming sessions. In, in this regard also, and this also can actually extend to VR, this also means that if you have certain special conditions, if you have certain special conditions that prevent you from doing things because you're one prone to seizures via whatever means, or certain other things that can be detrimental to your health, you probably can't, you probably can't uh, get into these things because, well, it could be a catalyst for something like a seizure. Oh yeah, that's very true. I mean, not just in VR gaming, but even standard gaming. But these things could be even set off worse in these VR or IR tech games. It's more likely, it's, I actually see it more likely to happen in these setups, and I don't, and right now at least, I don't know how, I don't know how the people developing these systems are actually going to rectify that. Well, or, or whether they will be able to do so within the near future. Well, that's the future has to answer that one. Right now, what we can do is we discuss the different things, AR, IR, VR, and I mean, they have their pros, they have their cons. All of them are a very big possibility. Uh, I mean, Paolo, for you, between AR, from AR, VR, and IR, which one do you think you see as most likely going to pop up as the future of gaming? I mean, besides the usual business stuff, what do you see as possibly coming? What, becoming as part, as part of a standard? Yeah. VR. VR? I'm guessing, uh, why do you say VR? I'm guess I'm saying VR because of the fact that <laughs> one, the concept, the co- because one, despite the fact that I have constantly said that right now it only served the purpose of a alter of an alternative screen, there is a value in having. <clears throat> there is a va- there's still a value in that mostly because of the fact that you can, see, mostly because of the fact that. Okay, I imagine this. I'm playing, say, Team Fortress, Team Fortress Two. Mm-hmm. I want to immerse myself more. Mm-hmm. So, despite the fact I'm still using a mouse and keyboard, I'm Im- I can more immerse myself more in the craziness of the game by turning off the HUD. Okay, that's very true. For me personally, from AR, IR, and VR, I see AR as a more likely future for gaming. Not because uh, there's lots of people going to be working on it. But it serves the platform for AR is really set in place. Besides the smart devices, and we have the Google Glass coming out, we have the smart watches coming out, we have lots of technology designed to use digital information, cloud information, and location based services to the point that it is a very prime platform to build these systems on. And the fact, again, that you don't really have to invest much in it because you have it. I mean, that's why iOS games and Android games exploded in the market. I mean, I think there are far more Android and iOS games than have ever been ROMs for the Super Nintendo, Nintendo, Sega all combined. Yes, because they come and they've been there. And they've had this, and at this point, the iOS and Android didn't have life, life, uh, didn't exist as long as these other consoles. But they've already exploded to the point that they have far more games. Because they're ripe for, well, not just ripe for pickings and things, it's easy to make them. 
and there's a platform already built for it that they can all a lot of it has more to do with ease of development Mm -hmm. more so than anything else now with augmented reality yeah there's a it's not easy to develop but at the same time we have to realize that it only became really popular about what three years ago and the thing is you're not there really isn't too much of a prohibitive cost getting into it Mm -hmm. and right now looking at how google glass are coming out all these things which will probably be more common in the next few years you can pop i can probably say in the next few years developers for ar technology will probably be far more versed in it that they can make software and gaming things for it far easier Hmm. so i see ar as a good possible future and as a way that it could possibly make certain other systems obsolete. I mean, like the old mobile system, mobile gaming might become, I won't be say completely obsolete, but might be replaced or upgraded to using an augmented reality system that makes more use of on their things you carry around. I mean, sure, the Nintendo 3DS still exists, the Vita still exists, but when you compare the number of those things sold versus smart devices sold, you can't you can't say that the these handheld consoles will ever outnumber the amount of smart devices ever sold. I that's not it's not going to happen, but that it's not going to happen. It doesn't need to happen that way. It's just really a fact. It's just really a fact that you that with regards to these smart devices, you're looking at something that kind of becomes either is either considered ubiquitous or by some people a necessity. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's what we. That's what uh, Paul and I think. Uh, what do you guys think? I mean, uh, you can leave us a co- you can leave us a comment down below. You can uh, give us a message any other way you want to. Uh, we have what- email addresses now. Yep. Special email addresses at chat like our names at channel fourteen Yep, yep, yep. Please. <laughs> so uh, let us know what you think the future is. Is it AR? <clears throat> is it IR? Is it VR? Do you think it might be something else altogether? Maybe something that we didn't talk about. Ten uh, giant green tentacles that serve as laptops. Somewhere in Japan that may have been made. No, 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 these tentacles are too large to, you know, get into places. Somewhere in Germany this has been made. <laughs> okay. Anyway, guys, yeah, leave us your comments, what you think <sighs> is the future, and be sure to check out the other shows on channel14.com, uh, Third World Linux, Bodega Nights, and I think there are a few other podcasts now. I think there's the... One with this, it's uh, Jao does an interview with these. Uh, is it from Sunstar Freeman? The Sunstar Daily Podcast. Oh, yeah, I mean, check that one out. And hey, check out the other show, uh, check out other episodes of Thurbo Gaming. And I hope you enjoy the show and have a good night. got to this point this is the off tangent section and wow Paolo we've been talking for quite a while and that hey it was a really interesting topic don't you think yes it was and yeah it's actually interesting where did you get the, where did you find the face masher game because it's kind of a weird thing for face me. raiders face raider game just because it seems really different from your library of stuff here's the thing it comes with all 3ds's that's somehow creepy it comes with all of them it was supposed to be a showcase of the 3DS's features. I have One no idea how they can showcase the features. Besides, hey, look, we have a camera. Yeah, um, look, every 3DS comes with it. I think even every 2DS comes with it. 
yeah, every every three everything that I, that runs three DS games comes with it. That feels somewhat really, really creepy. What that I could just take your picture and then distort your face into some weird little troll niblet thing that you have to shoot balls into. No, I find more creepy that game exists and it's now standard to all those devices. I mean, for that game, this doesn't bother me too much, but for them to make it a standard, that feels kind of weird. Yeah. I don't know what message that's made. I mean, was it usually Mario they packaged with this? No, they never packaged Mario. They make, you buy them. they make you buy Mario. Hey, I got Mario in my N64. Yes, but that was a, that was a, but that was a, you know, but that all works around the same way how you have consoles bundled with games. Not, you know, this is more like when, you know, a fresh install of Windows XP gives you the pinball game. Yeah, pinball's awesome. Yeah. Matt gives you chess. Better than what I got with, better than what I got with this style, say. Minesweeper? No, um, I got Minesweeper, I got this thing called Purple's Place, I don't know how to describe that. That sounds, that sounds pretty scary as well. But yeah, but, uh, I mean, like, uh, that's a kind of a weird game that happened there. I mean, that's actually really wanting to why it was in the library. But yeah, an interesting yeah. update. My diet is almost done. I mean, I have about one to two more weeks, and I'm not so crazy. Yay. I'm just glad I had to actually eat a little bit of carb lately because I've been doing some physical activity. And if I don't eat carb during those things, I end up getting really dizzy and passing out. Oh, so it's like, hey, I get to eat car, but say them, oh my gosh, I'm using so, I'm doing so much things today, I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. But hey, I'm not going crazy. Please, I don't think I am. Are you real? Are right. we recording? I hope you are. Um, <laughs> and I am, and me personally, I am trying my best not to overthink. I, I had a weird, I had an interesting. It was an overall good day. But also, I had a good day today, to be honest. But I don't want to. But it's also a day that makes me prone to the kind of overthinking that led to the same kind of crap that happened to me, like, uh, how many years ago was that? Uh, four years ago, or yeah. About four or three years ago. Hmm. I think you might recall some of that stuff, some of that weird... So I think you may have... You may... I knew you were around that time when some of that weird stuff. I was knew happening. you since high school. No, like uh, no, like that that, that stuff happening in UNP. And well, I remember a lot of screaming. Then you came out. Then you came around. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Remember that? Uh, remember? I I don't know. Were there? Do you remember anything in happening at the time that was like oh, uh, interesting, weird? Okay, I like hang out with like the weirdest people around you app. So yeah, I'm gonna see that every single day. Yeah. Okay. You know what? All I'm gonna say is that I I I had a number of thing things happen to me during. Is this when you're like screaming like crazy in the cast garden? Screaming like um was this screaming like crazy in a in a uh, in in a way that was trying to act a role or was it screaming like crazy because I was because it sounds more like I was driven mad or I was really angry. The driven mad and really angry. That one. Ah, oh, okay, I remember that one. Yeah. Um, crazy times, crazy times. Yeah, the, um, yeah, this is why I'm constantly saying that despite the fact that I had a good day today, it's also the same kind of good day that also makes me realize that if I overthink it, I might go mad. 
Right now, my overthinking is, can I eat this food I want to put in my mouth? No, I cannot. I feel I feel sorry for you, man, because my thing will probably subside by tomorrow. Mine will subside next week. I hope. <laughs> the longest week in human history. Oh gosh, and I mean, it doesn't uh, it doesn't help that also that we're got, I'm kind of like going out of town for a week, but I guess it's kind of okay because the place I'm going to is generally a vegetarian, so yeah. I know I'll get to stay within my diet, but at the same time. I really, really don't like this diet at all. But hey, it works really great. I've, so far, I've lost 10 pounds of fat. A cute fat. So, no, it's great. But at the same time, you know, Four you lose months. 10 pounds of fat, but you slightly go crazy every single week and you start to get worse and worse and you feel like that you should somehow chew on bread and... So, I wonder how this, would, a, so how, I wonder how this would affect a person who pretty much leans that way already. Well, based on my doctor, what I'm going through is very similar to how it is... A uh, person uh, kicking out, uh, trying to get off a crack habit or something. So in short, I'm gonna. In short, if I took the diet and start imagining bicycles made out of meat. Yep. And we probably have to strap you down in the bed. Yeah. Crazy. There are times I feel like I have to be strapped down in bed because you really just get these weird shakes and crazies because of it. Yeah, that kind of sounds like what would happen if I, if yeah. Bicycles made out of meat, and I and I imagine myself holding a buzzsaw axe and a hammer. Borderlands reference. <laughs> <laughs> meat bicycle. But yeah, it's so far been an interesting day, been an interesting recent times. Uh, waiting for some new movies. I'm waiting actually for the next Samurai X movie. Oh, okay. Is it coming out soon? Because I keep seeing like in my Facebook and things are getting filled up that Samurai X this, Samurai X that. I've been following it on J Fusion. It should probably come out within a good month or so. Within a good month or so. Oh yeah, it works. I'm actually tempted to buy the sword from the movie. Uh, there's someone who does. Uh, there's a sword that actually does like replicas of it. Uh, full tang, uh, sharpened or non-sharpened. Guys want this for collection. Okay. Will you actually? Will you actually do a test on how on how on how you can use it on how on how it's used? Uh, if I get maybe the higher steel, probably. But I think they will only make it in ten fifty and ten sixty, which is not really meant for heavy cutting. Okay. But at the same time, I really have no use for a reverse edge sword. <laughs> okay. It's kind of like a gigantic carpet, which is really hard to use. All right, because you then have to turn it. You have to turn the sword around into the on the part that technically shouldn't be used for cutting. Yep. That would feel like uh, that would feel like using a short tail. That would feel like using a short tail that wasn't you know built that way. Yep. Well, but so far I think there's actually lots of moves. Oh, something I am hoping to catch uh, later today: uh, Death Battle, Tails versus Luigi. Wait, it's out today. That's supposed to be out the twenty first, so I think it's actually. All oh, right, it's the end of the month. No wonder. It's I'm go- kind of looking forward to that one. Um, I, I am like giving my, I'm putting all my money on uh, tails. You know, I'm tempted to put my money on tails, but the only thing that makes me think that Luigi has a chance is the fact that Luigi has started more game, more games where it's just him. True, but what I'm giving tails is he's got uh, more things going for him. How is that? He's a thinker. Tails is a thinker. Tails is a mechanic. Tails is a tinkerer. 
And here's something, and I feel they're going to play off of this. Tails has access to super forms. That one, I don't know if they'll access just because it's a uh, super form only came out when the Hyper Animals came out. Uh, for me, what would be interesting to play with is the fact that he can keep up with Sonic. He can? He can actually oh, keep yeah, up he, with Sonic. Yes, he can keep up with Sonic. I mean, Shadow but, only can keep up because of his rocket shoes. Yes, he has rocket shoes. Um, but with the regards to Tails, I, I don't know. There's enough precedent in the comics to... There's enough precedent by using game content and the comics content to actually justify the usage of the super forms. Plus, I mean, if you use the game content, remember, Tails never dies. Player 2 never dies. He will keep coming back over and over. If we base it off that, remember, Luigi dies. Yes, Tails will keep coming back until he gets you. And then 